Oh, okay. there it is. All right, good. Thank God. Here right. we are. So we're limited to 40 minutes? Yeah, 40 minutes okay. from now, essentially. Use your iPods. Oh, no, no, we're not limited. We're on my account. So oh, okay. All right, good. free for Great. All right, excellent. Well, thank you for your patience. No uh, problem. Nice to meet you, Chris. Yeah, likewise. Let me just close the door here. Sure. Um, we do Zoom all the time, but my, for some reason, my Zoom account doesn't have a recording feature. I don't know why, but anyway, uh, Mike's does. So we had to re-sign in through his account and, uh, that worked out well. So anyway, not a problem. You hear me? All right. I can. And you, uh, you clear, very clear. So, Great. all right, well, thanks a lot. Uh, um, so you had a chance to review the questions I sent and, look good. As I said to you in my email, we might have some follow-up questions and that sort of expands this out, but I won't know until I hear your responses. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So sure. the easiest way for me to do it is just to read the questions. And so it's recorded on the recording here and then just give me your answers. Again, as I said, if we could keep this within a 45 minute time frame, uh, that fits with how we uh, typically the length in the transcription process. So great. Okay. So let's, without further ado, we'll get started. Um, the COVID-19 pandemic has caused the majority of the world to communicate by Zoom and through other similar platforms. What percentage of your clients, which are primarily colleges and universities, have adopted this method of communication? Um, all of them. 100% of them have, have adopted this method of communication, either through Zoom or a similar platform. Um, since middle of last March, uh, we moved our process to a wholly online uh, format in which our engagement with the client uh, has been conducted via Zoom uh, from progress meetings uh, to decision-making meetings. Right. Has there, have you used any other platforms? Or has it just been Zoom for the most part? I have. Um, I've used uh, Microsoft Teams um, and Cisco WebEx. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. And Zoom, yeah, Zoom is uh, by far the, uh, the preferred uh, usage. One of the things that sets Zoom apart uh, from the others is that when uh, the, the good folks uh, at Zoom created their company, they focused uh, on the video component and poured all of their capital into the video component and allowed for the VOIP or voice over internet protocol uh, to capture the audio uh, as, as, a, as a secondary nature uh, or a, a secondary feature, I should say. Right. Okay. So I, I think the I think the um, I think Zoom is the is the best product out there on the market. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, how has this mode of communication been accepted by your clients? I think it has been well received to varying degrees. Um, th there are some people who just simply don't like to be on camera; uh, that they would prefer a phone meeting, if not face to face. Um, and, and I can tell you that, and, and particularly for the hiring authority, uh, for a, a search, uh, they, they miss the face-to-face -face meetings. Yeah. 
it's much more difficult uh, to assess the uh, behavior of candidates in unscripted moments uh, that that prevail in face-to-face meetings. Although with uh, COVID protocols and social distancing protocols in place right now, with a mask uh, over the face of the uh, potential hire, uh, there's still a loss, even in face-to-face meetings of um, nonverbal cues. Uh, Are they smiling or are they frowning after your question? Uh, That kind of thing. Uh, So there's still limitation, even in the face-to-face meetings in this socially distanced and Uh, COVID environment. But I would say by and large uh, that this mode of communication has been, um, has been accepted uh, universally. And so by universally, you mean both by the the client and the candidate? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, If we look at Zoom as the primary vehicle, to what extent are you using this technology in the overall process? Well, I think we've already covered that. Would this include competitive shootouts, but also include progress meetings? So I think we've already established that Zoom is the primary, you've used Microsoft Teams, but in terms of uh, you know, competitive shootouts, progress meetings, has this also been a very helpful uh, platform? Yes, absolutely. And, and we have benefited from adopting this technology uh, in 2018 uh, across our company to uh, because we are not co-located in one building, uh, we're sprinkled around the country geographically. And so uh, internally, we've been using Zoom for some time. And then we extended it out once we figured out that uh, you could record and then get a transcript of uh, conversations that we adopted it for use with candidates that we were considering um, for, uh, for positions in higher education. And so really the last piece has been the, the engagement uh, with clients um, to, uh, to, to go online onto Zoom uh, to, use, uh, uh, to use this technology uh, to do progress meetings, uh, definitely to do shootouts uh, for, uh, you know, for winning new, new business. And uh, it's been relatively seamless. Um, there are uh, there are certainly some hiccups, uh, certainly some challenges uh, that uh, perhaps a, a potential uh, potential client of ours, um, and and it usually has to do with uh, having trying to get everyone in the room uh, onto the same camera, and so consequently you're looking sometimes at a you know a long conference table where. The size of the individual is is uh, almost indistinguishable from from the next sure. uh, from the next person. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Um, a good many of your candidates reside at the C level, uh, college presidents, chancellors, and other senior level positions. Have candidates of this caliber been more resistant to using Zoom to interview? And have you found that this sector of higher education? Has been any different from that of other industries? I do not feel like candidates uh, at this level have been resistant at all to the idea of interviewing either with us or with search committees uh, as they go through the search process. Um, there are some candidates, certainly, who show better 
on camera than others. And I guess what I'm talking about is uh, all of these individuals are very, very intelligent, um, usually with a terminal degree, uh, lots of experience. Uh, but sometimes that, that experience and then the individual's passion for higher education or passion for a particular element of a college doesn't translate as well over Zoom as it would face-to-face. Okay. Uh, so, but I've found that the that candidates uh, at this level welcome uh, the chance to interview in this setting, knowing that at the preliminary stage anyway, uh, that the virtual setting is almost indistinguishable from face to face, except for the uh, the fate, you know, the the nonverbal cues, uh, behavioral, cultural changes, differences uh, between candidate and committee. By the way, I mean, uh, you know, candidates and clients and search firms have been using this type of platform for years anyway. It's not brand new. So I would imagine that clients have been used to this long before COVID came into play. It's true. And anecdotally, I'll share uh, in response to the second part of the question. um, I I do not think that uh, uh, other industries uh, have, you know, had any problem adopting this. Uh, I think higher education uh, as a sector has, has embraced this, uh, this uh, method of communication uh, wholly uh, in addition to other industries. So I don't see much of a difference. Yeah. Okay. All right. Excellent. Um, Has this virtual concept expanded your pipeline of candidates? And as an example, if they do not have to initially travel to visit a campus would you tend to get more candidates interested at inception as a result? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, it's hard to pinpoint whether the virtual uh, process has, uh, has directly expanded uh, the pipeline of candidates, but uh, for, uh, for people to become interested in a job, it's, it's really incumbent on us to broadcast the opportunity widely um, you know, to get nominations uh, of others who might be interested in the position. Uh, we are seeing larger pools, though, in our searches. And perhaps part of that is uh, the lack of a travel component for top candidates or semifinalists or finalists even uh, to have to uh, leave campus, take time out of their busy schedules uh, to, you know, minimum three days you know, two travel days sandwiched around at least one to two days of interview time. Uh, so I, I do feel like there are more candidates in our pools, although I can't necessarily attribute that to the adoption of a Zoom platform. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Well, I would imagine, though, that, um, you know, if you have candidates in, you know, uh, remote areas that might not have ordinarily been considered or been able to fly in because for whatever reason, they just were too far away. Um, and imagine it opened up to some extent. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, and are they, are these all serious uh, or, or sometimes you run into more passive candidates mm-hmm. as a result because it's easier to do this, um, you know, digitally. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that's certainly, uh, I think the platform, the zoom platform does contribute to, uh, a higher incidence of um, of passive candidates who might be just looking, 
quote unquote, but um, are nevertheless are among the most heavily sought after because generally the passive candidate is very happy in their job, their current role, um, but it is the uh, it's the sell job, if you will, that um, our uh, our senior consultants need to make to convince a passive candidate that uh, their background and experience uh, ties in nicely to the challenges and opportunities of the particular client. And your point about, you know, candidates coming from a more rural location is, is, is an important one. Um, certainly, it makes it more difficult, uh, and, and particularly remote and in wintertime, uh, sometimes uh, weather and uh, the remoteness of someone's location impacts their ability to, um, you know, to interview in person. And so this is a very good fallback uh, for, uh, for our clients to rely on plus a tremendous cost savings. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's a big factor, isn't it? How much of a cost savings is it, really, when you add it all up? Uh, for a presidential search, I'm going to estimate that it's at least twenty-five dollars to $30,000. Wow, that's significant. And that's, you know, let's say the... Um, it, you know that's that's a that's a tremendous savings just on the travel because of course the 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 institution will um, will will be reimbursing these clients and particularly at the presidential level uh, there are two rounds of interviews and a committee might bring in ten candidates mm-hmm. um, and let's just pe- peg it at uh, fifteen hundred dollars when you throw in airfare parking hotel accommodations. Uh, plus maybe a, a space off campus, off site uh, to rent for a weekend. Um, and then you have a, the next round of interviews where you're bringing uh, the candidate and, and in many, many cases, uh, the candidate's partner or spouse. And so you might have six or eight additional uh, $1,500 uh, expenditures. Um, so the, the, the money adds up very quickly yeah. uh, in terms of the savings. That's interesting. Well, that's very interesting. Um, Are there any drawbacks for candidates, especially those at the most senior levels, in their not being able to visit a campus that, in theory, they may lead one day? Can you effectively sell a culture virtually today? And will this eventually have some repercussions down the road? Mm -hmm. There absolutely are drawbacks for candidates who cannot visit a campus. in, in nearly every case that I can think of, with the exception of, uh, let's say, an internal candidate or a candidate who happens to be in the same town or city uh, or region um, that, that just don't have the wherewithal or the time to go and visit a campus, so much of their decision-making process isn't just about the opportunity and the challenges uh, for the position, but you know, what's housing like? What does the campus look like? What's the, what's the, what does the campus feel like? Uh, campus atmosphere. And, you know, the impromptu uh, interactions with students and faculty and staff uh, in between the scripted uh, meetings uh, with constituent groups, uh, those carry a lot of weight with, with potential candidates at the very top, you know, at the end of the process let's say the finalists who cannot visit campus. And so one of the major drawbacks is an inability for a candidate to necessarily be able to make 
an informed judgment about, is this the right fit for me? At the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to is, is about the fit. And it's much harder uh, in the online space exclusively uh, for candidates to make that assessment of fit. I can tell you about a story, uh, and I'll keep it brief, that we had a, a candidate who was interested in a job, but just felt very uncomfortable about not being able to go and see the campus and meet their prospective uh, direct supervisor in person, if not to uh, literally shake hands, but to interact with them in an appropriately socially distanced uh, format. And this person drove 650 miles one way over a weekend to go and, and without expectation of reimbursement uh, to, uh, to make that assessment. And I'm happy to say ultimately that they ended up taking this job. So the travel time and the expenditure was not lost. Uh, but it is, I would say the, the most difficult element for candidates uh, in this virtual space is to not have the ability to uh, see the, um, the informal uh, and, and more passive elements on, on a campus, uh, like atmosphere, like interactions with students, and then just the, the aesthetic, uh, whether, you know, uh, whether they feel like this is a good place for them to live. Um, they can do some research through chambers of commerce and, and, and uh, you know, look at uh, virtual tours. And, and schools, by the way, are getting much more um, sophisticated about the kind of virtual tours that they're offering, uh, not just for students, but for prospective employees. Um, the second part of your question, uh, you know, can you effectively sell a culture virtually today uh, is, is, again, the other side of the coin. It's, it's a challenge for the campus to be able to accurately convey, you know, what, um, what it's like or what it would be like to be on that campus and to assist candidates to make an informed decision about what that might be like. And the answer really is around uh, just increased levels of engagement, um, more Zoom meetings, more constituent meetings, uh, more opportunities uh, for the candidate to interface with his, uh, his or her senior peers uh, on the cabinet, for example, or with the board of trustees to assess that fit. So the biggest drawback I would say for a candidate is the assessment of fit and the biggest challenge for clients is to be able to convey what their atmosphere really is like. Right. So I'm, I'm curious about something. Let's say you're doing a, a presidential search in this fashion, and it goes all the way to the end, and he accepts the job, or she accepts the job. And they start, and they have second thoughts about it or feelings about it because they've not been able to visit the campus. What are, what are, you, what are you doing in one of those situations? And has that come up? It has. In fact, we're, we're, we're dealing with just such a situation right now uh, with, a, with a current client uh, where we had a search that went to completion um, wholly in the virtual space. Uh, the selected candidate uh, who was highly vetted by us uh, and by the institution, they were thrilled about her arrival. She left 90 days later saying that this just isn't the place for me. So uh, in those cases, uh, we have a guarantee that uh, for 
um, for just about any reason, with the exception of, uh, of a couple of things, uh, that if um, the search uh, results in a successful placement, but that individual leaves in the first year, then we have a guarantee that we will redo the search for no additional fee. Right. But I imagine this is the, very much the exception and not the rule. And then this is probably an unusual situation where you get to this uh, spot in the assignment and they arrive and they, they just hate it. I mean, I, that must be the exception. It is absolutely. Um, I, I can I can count the number of times on one hand that this is that this has taken place. I can think of two other occasions um, in pre-COVID times uh, where it just was not a good fit. Uh, between really, it came down to the the difference of opinion between the selected candidate and then his or her direct supervisor, just not meshing properly. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that's the age we live in, isn't it? I mean, those are the risks you take. But I think there are so many, like you say, even the virtual tool, tours of the campus today are so much more sophisticated that you, at least you're doing as much as you can in these situations and uh, without being physically there, I, I think. And I've seen a lot of virtual tours, not of colleges necessarily, but of, of other things. And, and they are pretty good. They are pretty good. But like you said, also, you don't have those impromptu meetings. If you're walking through the campus and you want to stop and talk to a student or another faculty member, I think, you know, you do miss out on that. So I, and and it's, it's so important for candidates to do their due diligence, um, to do their own shopping, if you will. And, you know, in, in the absence of a campus visit, um, some of that is limited. Yeah, absolutely. Well... That's the age we live in. So, um, you know, um, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think you can get a pretty good sense of, of everything through this, through these means. Um, you know, I, I, I think most candidates certainly have a, a fairly good feel for what they're getting into um, without physically being there. I mean, you know, I know it's not perfect, but I think you can get it pretty close. Mm hmm. You know, the third part of your question here, uh, will this eventually have some repercussions down the road? Um, you know, once we get to a point where um, we are post-COVID, uh, and, and, and I say that with fingers crossed, uh, you know, and, and this will we'll bring up in a, a later question that you have here, but um, th there will be a return to the face-to-face. -face. Uh, I, I think that's going to be the hardest Thing to shake uh, that that people crave and and want that interaction, both candidate and hiring authority. Absolutely, no, I totally agree with that, and that that's across all industries. Um, has the virtual option helped to accelerate search assignments, and if so, why? Definitely, process. Being, yes, absolutely, Chris. Um, we are seeing uh, search from from contract. Uh, uh, from initial contact to, to contract, um, we are seeing a decrease of uh, two to three weeks uh, in our process, sometimes more. And the reason really is logistics. Uh, Zoom and uh, the associated platforms uh, have closed the gap uh, for timing, where 
there used to be a lag time between, let's say, the selection of semifinalists and their interviews, and then ultimately the finalists who move forward to allow for the finalists to book their travel, and it's not exorbitantly expensive and um, needs to be planned out um, you know, with, with cost in mind, but also schedule in mind. Uh, with with Zoom, um, schedules can be compressed and things can happen at times of day uh, where, um, you know, where candidates and, and their uh, search committees and hiring authorities uh, just have more flexibility uh, in this virtual space. So we are seeing a compression of timelines and searches that might take four to six months or three to five months now. Well, clearly, if you have to schedule a number of candidates to fly in with their spouses and, and you know, all that takes uh, the timeline on that takes a long time. And if you could do it instantly in one or two days with the number of clients, that has got to close the gap considerably. I mean, that's just goes without saying. Um, is there any uh, diminution in the quality of the assignment by going the virtual route? I know we touched on a little of this before, but I want you to expand on that a little, Paul. Sure. From from our perspective as the as the search consultant, uh, one of the biggest drawbacks is uh, the the absence of the ability to travel to a campus and have face to face meetings uh, to create a stronger bond uh, with our new uh, uh, our new hiring authority, um, which can be accomplished over. Zoom, it, it just takes a little bit longer and a little bit more engagement. But one of the more, most important things that we get asked by a candidate is, what's the campus like right. if they've never been? And pre-COVID days, um, we would travel to campus at least twice, if not three times or four times during the course of the engagement, uh, once at the very beginning when we conduct our pre-search study. And it gives our team a chance to uh, have those informal interactions, much like a candidate would. So we don't get a chance to say, well, it's a beautiful campus. It sits on, you know, a hundred rolling acres. And, you know, we've, you know, seen where the president's house is located and it's in a lovely neighborhood. Um, we, we, we just don't have that if we've never been to the campus before. So that's one big drawback for us. Um, there's less information that we can share with candidates uh, to provide a prospective candidate about what a campus looks and feels like to us, uh, which often assists us in selling the position to them. Right. Um, so from, from the candidate standpoint, um, and, and I guess from the client standpoint as well, you know, the most difficult, um, the most difficult element is how do you assess uh, personality, um, culture, behavior, and virtual interviewing does have that as a drawback. Uh, you, you know, you get to set your, uh, your background and, and it's, it's um, uh, you know, usually the person is alone in the room and, you know, they're, they're dialoguing with, uh, with, with search committees. Uh, you know, when you have uh, face-to-face meetings, uh, the nonverbal cues uh, will be more, um, uh, will be more prevalent. And so, so candidates, uh, I think, 
um, sometimes don't get to put their best foot forward. Uh, those that I mentioned earlier who uh, might not shine on camera, uh, but are otherwise outstanding candidates, um, uh, they may suffer as a result of, uh, of being just strictly in the, um, the virtual space during the interview process. Sure. Um, there's, there's a palpable sense of excitement that sometimes is missing, uh, that someone might be very excited about a position, but it just doesn't translate across uh, the virtual space to search committees, and, and which in turn is interpreted uh, by committees as mm, not really passionate about this job or not, not they don't seem excited uh, about this. And, and it's just an impression. Uh, so, um, you know, and, and then for the, for the hiring authority, for the search committees and, the, and ultimately the direct supervisor, um, you know, the inability to, um, to meet a person face-to-face, uh, to, to shake their hand, uh, you know, and they miss out on the, the nonverbal cues and the behavioral and cultural, you know, the, the, um, the unscripted moments to see how they might interface uh, with people uh, who who are also on campus, I, I'd say that's the uh, that's the diminishment of the quality uh, of the overall process. Um, but you know, people in higher education are have proven to be very adaptable, and so I think that that's one lesson that we've taken away from this is that when when we get to a post COVID phase, uh, if there is another uh, shutdown due to another pandemic or a reoccurrence of this, um, that, that I think that this will be an accepted and, and uh, appreciated platform to fall back on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's come a long way, as we all know. Yeah. Um, COVID-19 will end, likely sometime in Q3 in 2021. Will the process revert to its original state, which we just t- uh, touched on, or do you think this new way of managing a search assignment with colleges and universities remain in some fashion, if not entirely? Search processes are, uh, are, are fairly uniform. Uh, there, there is a process that a search firm will recommend that an institution will, for the most part, adopt. Uh, they hired us not just to recruit candidates, but to guide a process. Um, and, and with this um, adoption of and leveraging of technology, I think that uh, this uh, elements of this process uh, that we're in right now will persist after in a post-COVID, uh, in a post-COVID setting. Um, the, the progress meetings, for example, um, Candidates um, and search consultants alike get reimbursed uh, for their travel. So there's the tremendous cost savings uh, that we talked about earlier. Um, I think that Zoom has also given way to more opportunities for engagement, which have only helped the process. Mm -hmm. And so I would foresee going forward that um, with the exception of the face-to-face meetings, of the finalist candidates, and then maybe um, the, the, the top final candidate or the selected candidate, uh, that much of the process will remain online owing to the tremendous cost savings that we talked about, the increased level of engagement with search committees, 
the shorter time frame to complete searches. Those are very uh, important benefits to the client, to the colleges and universities that hire us. And so things like progress meetings uh, will, I think will remain online. And while we'll miss the opportunity to, uh, to be on campus at the outset, I could see the initial, um, the initial uh, pre-search study meetings also being uh, held online. One thing that won't change though, and, and I mentioned this earlier, it is uh, to replace, to fully replace the face-to-face -face meeting with the hiring authority, with the search committee for the final candidates. I still think people want and, and, and desire the face-to-face -face meetings, um, even if it's behind a mask and socially distanced. Uh, I just feel like people crave that personal interaction that is absent or is, is um, less palpable in the online setting. Absolutely. I agree with you on that 100%. Uh, what has been the biggest surprise to you in this shift to a virtual process? If you had to pick one thing, what, what's surprised you the most? Well, and this kind of extends to, to our clients. Um, I, was, um, I was very impressed and, and amazed how quickly institutions were, be, were, were able to go from uh, uh, classroom delivery to, to online delivery. Mm -hmm. And by the same token, that shift to a virtual process, <coughs> excuse me, um, uh, that, uh, that people just adapted to it so quickly. And, you know, with a, a little bit of coaching, um, candidates were, uh, were able to learn the, the ins and outs, uh, the do's and don'ts in Zoom, <clears throat> Zoom meetings. Uh, but what surprised me the most is, uh, especially right after the pandemic really set um, uh, set itself in place last spring, that so many individuals made life-altering decisions uh, to take positions where they didn't visit the campus and didn't interact at all face-to-face -face with their direct supervisor. That's what surprised me the most. So I guess <clears throat> uh, another way to put that would be <clears throat> that I was surprised that more of our searches did not get completely suspended um, or canceled, uh, that, that clients were willing and candidates were willing uh, to go through the interview process and the vetting process and ultimately the selection process in the online state, that people made decisions to relocate hundreds or thousands of miles away from their previous home institution to take a new job in a place that they'd never visited. So that surprised me. I guess also uh, something else, and this is kind of an ongoing surprise, uh, and it, re re it relates back to what I mentioned earlier, that, uh, that these outstanding leaders uh, who emerged at the top of, um, of, the, uh, of the selection list of candidate, uh, of, of search committees, um, that, that some people just cannot make the um, uh, make their case as effectively online as they do in person. Um, despite their academic bona fides, uh, they just don't perform as well on camera. Uh, but people are getting better at it. People are much more refined in their interviewing now. And, um, but it's about translating 
uh, that passion and skill uh, across the virtual space to committees uh, uh, who are seeing them only online? Well, I assume, you know, there's an intimidation factor to, to doing this, uh, especially for someone who's older that hasn't had much experience with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's something new and it can be a little uh, scary to, to, even if you're at a presidential or chancellor level, uh, if you're not used to it, it can be a little intimidating. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, I think we did that in uh, just about 40 minutes. So I think we uh, did a pretty good job with it. Um, let me uh, just, I'll talk to you in a second. Let me just get Mike up here to make sure I close this off the right way. Sure. Losing anything. <laughs> since no we, problem. It's hard to get this. Okay. Thanks. It's nice to be on the other side of the camera. Um, I, I'm usually the one doing the interviewing in this space. Right. So, right. So I've really enjoyed the the interaction, Chris. Thanks very much uh, for the opportunity. Yeah, no, this has been been a lot of fun. I'm glad we we're able to do it this way. Also, I think I think the Q and A format. Come on in, Mike. I think the, I just want to stop the recording part of this. How do I do that? I don't want to cut Paul if I just want to stop the recording. Just hit stop. So if you want to stop it there. Okay, and 